Hi, and welcome to The Literary Sipper. This is Amber Beatty Hill, your host. Today, I wanted to talk about the change of seasons and what this might mean for your creative energy and creative projects that you have coming up. But first, I do want to say, I don't know how many of you listen to Esther Perel's uh, podcast, Where Shall We Begin? Um, if you don't, do yourself a favor. It fills every voyeuristic um, tendency you might have to listen in on other people's counseling sessions, especially when it comes to relationship counseling, not just for marriages, but for child-parent relationships, work relationships, um, young love relationships, um, sibling relationships. She kind of covers the gamut. And anybody who knows her work knows that she's an absolute brilliant counselor and also incredibly astute when it comes to human behavior and human connections, especially in the 21st century and what it means in this day and this age um, to live together, to work together, to be together, um, and to choose it over and over and over again, even in the face of times where things are complicated and she showcases all kinds of relationships, polyamorous relationships, homosexual relationships, monogamous, heterosexual, cis relationships, and really, really explores the depth of problems, questions, and solutions um, to this thing called connection. But what she's doing right now in her most recent episode is she has decided to work with One Ukraine and she has a couple on where the son, who is 18 years old, and the father are still in the Ukraine. The father is working in uh, logistics. He's helping get to get food on the grocery store shelves. Um, and the 18-year-old is helping as well, but also waiting to be drafted into the war. And the mother and the other son, who is 16, are living in France um, to escape and living as refugees um, at the for the time, but the son has been able to go to school and he is building a life there now, and the relationship is, of course, struggling in a way that is unfathomable to those of us who have never lived through a war, including Esther Perel. But the thing about Esther that I just enjoyed so much in this episode was the end of it, where she does admit that vulnerable spot in her own counseling, where she can only guess at solutions. Um, but she does refer to her parents who were concentration camp survivors and the discussions that she had with them and their group of friends, many of whom were in concentration camps as well, talking about how they kept a hold of joy and hope even in the most dire of times. And she talks about if they're only this, this particular couple in Ukraine, if they're only allowed one day a week to connect, FaceTime each other, that it doesn't always have to be this intense discussion of what to do, um, whether he should join her, which is going against his sense of nobility, his sense of duty, um, or she should go back to the Ukraine to be together because if they're going to die, they might as well die together. These are the kinds of heavy questions they're asking themselves. 
Esther instead directs them to maybe set aside one of those conversations for things as simple as listening to music together, making a playlist for each other, and sitting and listening to it, dancing with each other, even if they cannot be together, to put on a song that's meaningful, and to dance. And it reminds me that in this age of AI that is upon us, that it is so important that we keep these sacred gifts of art, creativity, dance, music, singing, writing, poetry, alive, because that is what connects us to hope. It is what connects us to joy. It is what entwines us with each other. And as we talk today about the seasons, I would ask you before we begin to just sit for a minute and think about this couple and what they're being asked to do in this world. The fear, the guilt, the anger. And if you are safe and you are at peace in your life right now, then let's just push some of that energy to them so that they may find peace in that moment where they are just listening to music and they're a couple like so many of us are a couple and they are together and it is beyond politic and it is beyond war. So here in the Pacific Northwest, spring is trying really hard to burst through the late snow, the hardened ground, the long, long, long month of March. And for those of you who are parents in our school district, we have no break in March. It is March 1st through March 31st. We go straight through, which can feel incredibly arduous. And I am ready for the buzzing feeling of renewal that's so uniquely tied to spring. I am ready for hands in the earth, I am ready for sun on my back. I am ready for lighter clothes. Um, and I'm okay with the wind and the hail and the rain, especially if you live in the Northwest. You are you are always ready for those things. But I am also ready for my creative self that is so inextricably tied to these seasons, each one its own special brand of defining the kind of work we are prepared to do and which season maybe works against us. Not all of us feel buzzed about spring. Some of us like the cozy, warm couch with our books and our journals and the fire in the fireplace, and we feel very productive during that time. And spring brings about an urgency to produce, to grow, to move out of that coziness, and that can be really hard. For some of us, the winter is dark, and the lack of light can make us feel really depressed and can make our creative juices flag. We just don't feel like doing anything. We just feel like consuming art, watching movies, listening to music. And we find ourselves in a season of contemplation rather than production. We're all different animals. We exist in different time zones with varying shades of energy and resolve. And some parts of the day are busier. You know, our mornings, our nighttimes, our afternoons all have their own rhythms unique to us and our situation. So it is not for me to say what you should be doing this spring or what you should be doing with your mornings. This is not a morning routine 
sort of podcast, although I do believe in a morning routine. I do believe in booking time for your art during the day and whenever that may be. But if you rise with the sun and you come alive or you come alive with the moon, it, it, it doesn't matter. The point is, is to be in tune with yourself. You don't have to prove your creative time to anyone. You just have to make it your own and be in tune to who you are. So if the spring is a productive time for you, then make sure you're using it to your advantage. Listen to your body and always leave room for flexibility and change. You might be in a different season than you thought you were. Before pandemic, maybe the spring was always a time you came out of your shell and you went and signed up for a million classes or you went and heard live music out on the lawn somewhere or you planned your own workshop all winter and now it's time to shop it around and go do some of those classes that you thought, wow, this sounds like a really good idea for me to take this dance class or teach this dance class, whatever it is. The spring for most of us was this outward time, but then the pandemic hit and we were sort of still inward in this inward season. And I think there are a lot of us who who are feeling this year that it's time to sort of go tell it on the mountain and just like be out in the world and be soulful and connected to other people. I remember last summer going to a concert at a large outdoor venue here called The Gorge, which is an amazing place to see music, and just feeling so much like more myself. With my friends, we were out in the sun, singing along to the Lumineers and having this very visceral experience with so many people. And I just felt like, oh, here I am. Here I am again. And it is that shape-shifting that we do slowly over time that we forget ourselves and remember ourselves over and over again. And the seasons are a good time to remind ourselves that this is the process of life. And this is the desire to make art, to create and connect. It's tied to a force that's hard to define. And so don't worry so much if it's hard to write at night or if it's hard to write in the summer or whatever it is, whatever limitation, just don't worry about it so much. Listen to yourself and move forward accordingly. So if you are feeling a buzz of energy, act on it. If you are feeling like you need a little more rest and you're not ready, then take that. Your body guides you and the seasons are a signal to you that maybe it's time to think a little bit more deeply about what you want and what you are welcoming. For me, the seasons are all different. The opportunities to delve into creativity are very different from each other. As a former teacher, the fall for me is new life. Even though everything, every poem is about the dying leaves and the falling trees and October being the most beautiful month Anne of Green Gables has ever seen. But for me, it's new projects, new pencils, new classes, new people. The teacher in me is constantly planning. I'm setting forth a concrete plan. What do I want my day to look like? What do I want my year to look like? What do I see myself producing? 
I want to start new projects, start new things. I'm always refreshing my website in the fall or starting a podcast or whatever it is. There's a lot of newness for me in the fall. It is not a time for cozying or stillness. It is a busy, busy time. And it is partly because I have school-aged children and you can't get me into a store with new school supplies and not expect me to purchase some. And a new notebook is a new possibility for a new project, always and always and always will be probably for me. It's in my bones. But for you, it might be different. For you, it might be meaningless. It might just be September and you're missing the summer. You know it's fleeting. So you feel a little sad. Or for you, you're in the middle of a project and it doesn't even matter what day it is or what month it is because you just want to finish the project. But for me, when September comes, there is an energy that I want to act upon. And so I find that that is the most important thing for me to do, is to act upon that time. In the winter, some of those projects fall by the wayside, and maybe one or two are things that I really capitalize on or want to spend time doing and feel very insular about it. It rains a lot here, so I find myself reading I find myself curating that one project and one focus and really trying to put everything I am into finishing it or at least wandering around less aimlessly, really trying to delve into whether this is something I want to spend time on or not. But for me, that is a more restive season. It's busy with the holidays, but it's not busy creatively. And often I find myself putting those projects on hold and making a promise to myself that I'll return to them after the new year. The spring, like I said, I shake off these doldrums and there's new energy and reinvention and new works in progress. And I'm talking about projects more in the spring. That's what I find myself doing. So the fall is my planning. The winter is my thinking or doing. And the spring is the talking about it, telling people, this is what my plan is going forward. This is the thing that actually worked out for me. And I actually think I'm going to be open to exploring more. My defenses are down. I'm certainly not going to say, oh, I wished I had finished X or Y. I'm going to try to embrace the thing that feels the most pressing and exciting and freeing at the moment. And summer feels like a lazy time for me. It's really hard for me to write in the summer. I feel very just sunstruck almost. And um, there's a lot of travel usually. The kids are home. It's busier um, than I'd like it to be. So I do find myself, though, trying to steal moments, trying to make sure that I have a notebook with me, that I'm always thinking, even if the time at my desk is rarer, um, because I don't want to be inside. I want to be outside. And yes, you can do planning in the winter and you can do talk to people in the summer. This is not to say that it's not prescriptive, it's descriptive. It's just kind of what I see in myself over the course of a year. And I'm thinking about putting together um, a book about the creative year and kind of looking at things seasonally, looking at things weekly and putting together a rhythm for people. If you're interested in that, please let me know. But I do think the fundamental thing is to be in tune with what feels right. And seasonal goals look the same for me from year to year. 
And where I fall down is in the finishing. And I start a lot of things, but I don't finish them. And so maybe I need to think about that in this in a seasonal way. How do you plan for being done? How do you plan for reaping what you're constantly sowing? And how do you plan to become in the future? And I just think it's a little bit like the poet Wallace Stevens writes in his poem, 13 Ways of Looking at a Blackbird. He says, I do not know which to prefer, the beauty of inflections or the beauty of innuendos, the blackbird whistling or just after. And I think no matter what, what it means is there's beauty in all of it. Every moment, the anticipation of a new project, the writing of a project, the minute it's done, the minute you talk to someone about it, the minute you share it, those are all moments that are there waiting for you. Each season carries with it a weight and a freedom, and so do you. So move with the seasons, not against them. And as always, make time to be creative. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.